Support for the show comes from Indeed. If you need to hire, you may need Indeed. Indeed is a matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and say you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Startups, you don't need to settle for a cumbersome banking experience to protect your money. Mercury offers banking and credit cards with effortless experience, giving ambitious companies greater precision, control, and focus without compromising security. Open smarter checking and savings accounts, control spend, optimize cash flow, and close the books in record time. Visit mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances and to help them perform at their highest level. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher, back from Hawaii and now in frigid Washington, D.C. And I'm Scott Galloway, here to publicly disclose for the first time that I am in a relationship with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> it could hey, happen, alive, Kara. Hey, alive girl. It could happen. Like, By the way, hey, I don't know what it means, girl. but I think I've been upgraded to the next level of Prime membership because I just got a picture of someone's junk. Oh, you know what? Scott, as usual, you take a very delicate situation and make it horrible. Well, um, you're in Paris. I'm only going to give you time off because you're from you're in Paris right now. Is that I'm correct? so jet lagged. Yeah, I am in I'm in a basement somewhere in the city of lights. But by the way, I, just back to the whole the whole Bezos. No, we're going to get Bezos. Are we going to get to Bezos? Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Get, I, I'm so excited ahead. about that. I can't I can't All hold right. back. I'm so ready. All what right. do you go it, for it? What have you heard? What's going on here? He's, well, he's not a very good texter, right? Let's just be clear about that. Although, I, I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, okay. I think, you know, I, I, I know, I used to know them very well, and I haven't spent a lot of time with them since they both become zigillionaires, uh, or any time. Um, and, uh, but in the early days, I did. I spent a lot of time with them. And Mackenzie Bezos is a wonderful and smart and very integral part of the beginning of Amazon, as, yeah. as I recall. Um, so, and she also, I don't see uh, that she will be, this will be a very different, I'd be surprised if it burst out into a horrible fight. Um, she's, it's not her nature and it's not his nature either. Um, they seem to have gotten ahead of it. Um, it looks like they just were married and then they, he met someone else or I'm not really, you know, I don't want to go into the, the, sure. who, who did what to whom? Cause I think marriages are complicated and yep. we really don't know what happened. Yep. Um, but it's, but I think the focus for me is that I don't think it'll affect the business. I think the, the, the issues, I think probably anyone who's an investor is, is the, is the focus like where it, he needs his focus, where is his focus and stuff like that. And so um, when you, anytime you have personal issues um, and he's got four kids and yeah. um, obviously a new relationship, there's going to be questions about where his focus is. And I think the same thing happened with Sergey Brin at uh, Google, although he was not nearly, in fact, not at all a part of the critical management staff at, at Google. Um, but, you know, you see these, this happen to VCs, to CEOs and things like that. And it's, I think the only thing business people think is where's the focus? What, what will, what, how will it and affect, how it'll affect the stock? I don't think it'll affect the stock at all or anything else. So that's how I come down. 
Yeah, where the, are you, it, Scott? It, it appears that it appears they're mutual. They have mutual shared interest in that they mm-hmm. don't want. They're both large shareholders of a company. They don't want. They don't want this to spill out into the public. I thought the press mm-hmm. release was awfully strange, or the thing that he posted on his Facebook page. Well, he did that to get ahead of the, you know, the national the inquiry, inquiry story. Right? But it was so yeah, you yeah. kind of knew something was up because at the, I don't know. I'm sure you read it, but there was a sense in there saying we look forward to new ventures and adventures together. And I thought that describes divorce perfectly. <laughs> you know that it's not. They probably own a lot of stuff together. I'm guessing they do. They well, probably have a lot of it. I know, inside. but it's like it's well, you not, know, Sergey uh, Brennan and Wojcicki do. They own like half a town and. They have investments all over the place. So I, they, you have to stay, and they have children, obviously, besides, which is the best investment. Uh, but um, but I think, yeah, I know, it was odd. I think they were just rushing. I think that was a rushed up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, what are we going to do? What I found fascinating is that he didn't imagine that he was going to be the subject of scrutiny by Trump-affiliated people, uh, especially with the Washington Post ownership. And uh, sort of, shot. I think they were probably a little caught, like, oh, they're following us. Uh, and he, you know, he's not the subject of interest. And that, and and the fact that a man who puts echoes in everybody's home, and you know, and listening devices in everyone's home, doesn't realize he could be, you know, easily hacked in some way. Yeah, so. and it's it just goes to show, uh, I, you know, everyone, everyone's human, right? And I don't I don't want right. to make excuses for the guy, but uh, I think mm-hmm. we all sort of assume that Bezos was kind of the least human, and that is he seems somewhat infallible. Yeah. The yeah, story, exactly. the story, the, yeah. the the frame, the picture, it just all was pretty perfect. Yeah, and, very uh, much so. And you know, you get it's easy to be it's easy to be glib about it, and then you think about well, they, they have four kids, and I know I know you've been through it, I've been through mm-hmm. it, and but mm-hmm. that press release, they made it sound like their divorce wasn't ter- you know, it wasn't a tragedy and a breakup of a family, but they were going on a Disney cruise to the Bahamas. The whole thing just <laughs> sounded. When Gwyneth Paltrow started doing them, remember? The, oh, uh, conscious the uncoupling? Conscious uncoupling, whatever yeah. the hell that was. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, ups and downs. Um, but but what was another thing that was interesting was the, the focus on the text and how it became a Twitter meme, obviously. It was kind of crazy. Um, and it was interesting. I, I, I ran into someone yesterday who said, I wish I could text like that. Like, that I was in love with so much that I texted like that. Even though it was super awkward, the hey... A live girl, whatever that meant, and things like that. Um, I think he's sexy. I think he's romantic. I thought and it was very sweet. It was very nice. I think he's dreamy. Really, someone was like, if I was the world's richest man, I would be like have like ninety three supermodel girlfriends, and it was it was interesting. It was very sweet. I thought it was very sweet. Yeah. So there yeah. you have it. Well, best there of, you have best it. Best of luck love, to all of them. Love is a constantly turning something. <laughs> That's there you go, Kara. That, that there you son. go. But you're right. He becomes human. He becomes more human, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Also, I'm curious on your take. My sense mm-hmm. is that the media has actually shown a great deal of restraint and is being yeah. pretty, I don't know, old school about this and not— Yeah. What are you going to do? I'm, what are you going to do? Uh, oh, my gosh. Well, to, I, th- I mean, it's not like Harvey. It's not like, you know, it's just, uh, you know— uh, it's so not given how all the much revelations this year. Yeah. I mean, and including at Amazon with its own executives, you know, Roy Price and the whole thing like that. That's like, that's different. That's malevolent. This is just human 
things, relationships, this right? This is just marriages. Midlife, midlife crisis. Yeah, or something. You, you know, the, the bulking up might have been a sign, I suppose. But uh, but well, it's it's just or the I don't know. I just think it's. I think as a reporter, you're like, oh, we we had. Let me very briefly tell you, we were when we were covering what happened with uh, Sergey Brin. I was very when they called to talk to. They essentially told us what was going on, and. Um, and when I at first I was like, no, thank you. We're not writing about this because it's not our area. People breaking yeah. up, and the only th- thing of interest was the stock, right? That there was he had a certain amount of stock that was controlling shareholder stock, and so that was of interest. And then then the second shoe dropped is that he was seeing someone who had literally I had just been <laughs> seen with another executive at Google who was going out with another executive at Google. So and that guy left uh, Hugo Bear, who's now at Facebook. And it was at that one that then it was like, oh great, this is like invade. It's a whole workplace thing. And so then we did write about it. But it was it was definitely it it was hard to do. We felt we had to think about what was important. And in that case, a major executive who was running its Android division left because of this romance drama that was going on at, at Google. And then there were issues of things in the workplace. This guy was, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But th- that was more after the Yugo thing happened. I think that was it became pertinent. It became much more pertinent. So, yeah. Don't love writing these. I can't, I tell you, I don't like, I don't, I don't really care what people do. Uh, Unless it affects their business. But yeah, yeah, you're right. People are very prim and proper and stuff uh, about it. And, and, you know, people don't like to judge. People, people try not, I mean, even though the press seems super judgy, they don't like to judge. But speaking of judging, tell us your virtue signaling thing turned out to be, here we have a big thing this week. Yeah, uh, we we talked about this, Kara, before you. Um, went to Kauai. By the way, how was Hawaii? Uh, it was beautiful. Was it, was it nice? Really lovely. Oh, it was beautiful. There's some flooding in Hanalei where I was, and um, it, it was, but it was beautiful. It was, it's like it's it's gorgeous. I love Hawaii. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I went, did a lot of hiking, some stand up paddle boarding. I I don't swim. I don't like to swim, but I even went into the ocean and did some. Uh, um, Boogie bar, whatever they're called. Boogie board. Um, so yes, yeah. it was great, and the food was great, and the pineapples obviously were delicious. So it was great. Good for you. you I enjoyed your podcast with uh, John yeah, did Lovett. You? Yeah, I did like yeah. it. Although I'm a little bit jealous. Let me were you for, jealous? For, for listeners, jealous. for listeners who didn't catch it, let me just summarize mm-hmm. it. So you would say, John, are there going to who is the Democratic nominee going to be? And he would say something like, "Well, I really don't know. I'm not in the business of predictions." And you would go. Oh my God, you're so thoughtful. Can I rub your feet? <laughs> I mean, I thought you guys were going to start making out. No, we're that was gay. ridiculous. We're that was totally on. ridiculous. Not that there's anything wrong with two gay people getting together, but oh no. my gosh, I'd never even <laughs> oh, heard come of on. He, that. His bird box rant was fantastic. Come no, on, was, it was the very good. Rant. I admit it. It, it was, was good. It was oh, nice. you're just jealous. You're a little bit. Jealous. A little but bit. Let's but, get to virtue signaling. I'm giving you a compliment here. I'm trying to give you a compliment. Other than success, other than success, looks and intelligence, that guy has nothing on me. He yeah, has right. nothing on me. Okay, yeah, virtue signaling. Yeah. So we talked you know, he, about. Yes, okay. Yeah, our virtue We're going to see, we made a prediction that 19, we're going to see a lot of virtue signaling or a lot of woke as a business strategy. So because, explain what that means for the people who don't understand virtue signaling. Sure. So 70% of our elected officials in the Senate, at least, are, are represent 30% of the population. That a lot of red uh-huh. states don't have a big population. So politically, conservative values are overrepresented. But economically, mm-hmm. Um, kind of progressives are capturing the majority of the income. So there's a very smart, if you just do the math, there's a, there's a solid shareholder-driven business strategy in 
promoting and being very open about your progressive values because the bottom line is that audience is the one that's captured the majority of the income gains over the last 10 years. So you see dicks banning assault rifles. You see, um, uh, what's the big one? Um, uh, gosh, I'm missing. Oh, Nike, the big one with Colin Kaepernick. And then most recently, just um, just a few, two days ago, literally the Gillette ad. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. masculinity. Is this the best a man can get? Uh, yeah. You know, the best. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically saying, you know, really calling out men on some of these issues. Mm-hmm. And I'm kidding. Have mm-hmm. you seen the ad? Sexual harassment is taking over. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? <laughs> what I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Yes, I love it. I gave it. To, I made my sons watch it. One of them, who is seems to uh, d- d- argued with me about it, saying it was man bashing, and the other loved it. My older son loved it. Um, I thought it was great. I actually watched it again because I wanted to. Because when I had this debate with my son, I was like, it actually wasn't. It said we believe men are be- men are great. They did say it several times. I think people only saw the the, the guys on the. Um, the guys on the uh, the barbecue saying boys will be boys that part yeah, yeah. Um, but every in every depiction of the good men it you know what it was it was bad men bashing it certainly mm-hmm. was that and and that's okay i'm good with that um and i think most men should be good with that um and, or all men should be good with bad men bashing um but i think most of the men depicted were good like the guy who was talking to his daughter or the guy who rescued the kid from the bully in front of his son or the the father who pulled the two people apart there's so, there, every example is a man doing something laudable uh, mm-hmm. in, in the thing. I loved it. I, th- I know it was manipulative to sell. I, I know it's to sell to women. Women loved it, which was fascinating. When I, I tweeted about it, I said, I know this is marketing, but, and I know that I'm being manipulated, but it's not since, you know, the Kodak commercial, which is uh, the Paul Anka song, um, Good Morning Yesterday. You remember that song? Yep. Uh, the Time of Your Life. Uh, or I had not been so moved by a, by, a, by an ad. So Wow. That's, yeah. uh, that's. I have sons. I have sons. I think yeah. about it a lot. Yeah, it's you know. uh, it, it's been uh, it's caused a ton of controversy, and I would well, say it, that, has it caused a ton of controversy? Because like well, there was a yeah, good story in in um in the Daily Beast that showed the people that were saying there was controversy had like four followers and linked to things. Like I have a feeling it's not. I think it's just a couple of loud bad men on Twitter essentially versus. Uh, but I, then my son had the reaction, so my so I can see. What did you think? Did you were you like insulted as a man? <laughs> Um, I was conflicted by it because I think that <laughs> I think the dialogue is an important one. I like PNG. Mm-hmm. I love it when companies take risks like this. I think it shows yeah. a willingness to move outside their comfort zone. It wasn't a safe thing to run, so I think it's mm-hmm. you know hats off to them. Uh, I didn't like the execution on it because why? It felt a little um, I don't know a little hitting you over the head with it. I felt it was a little a little passe, and I worry that. Don't worry that, but in every, it feels like white heterosexual men have become the generally accepted oppressors in our society, and mm. I wonder if that's just factually. Which true. you think is, Go which ahead. you think is accurate? Okay, uh, <laughs> and they feel bad when we point know. it out now. See, people are pointing it out now, and they uh, the 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 I feel bad things. I'm I'm sorry. It's always the people with the gun to the head of society that say they're the victims. But go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um I'm not sure though. I'm not sure what do you think it does? So in terms of moving the debate forward, what you mm-hmm. think the progress is that your sons see it and it educates them? 
You think that uh, it, I think it was interesting that one thought it was great and he understood he was being manipulated. He also was like, yeah, I was one of those manipulative ads, but he liked it. He liked the messaging in it and he and, and he thought it was good. He was well done. Um, and my other son was wary of it. Like, why are they picking on men? Why are they doing this? And I said, I, I, want, I want him to watch it again because when I watched it again, I didn't, I actually thought, no, they really aren't. They are, but it's how you see something. And, but I do like that Gillette is doing Like, I love ads like this. They're, they, they, yeah. you know, they engage you. They make you feel something and they make you talk about something. So I, I loved, I had this amazing debate and discussion with my son about it. So in that way, it was great. And I don't know if it was quite as gorgeous as Nike's uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick ad, but um, you know it wasn't as beautifully wrought as that one. But it was pretty good. It was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an ad person. You, you're more. That's more your area. It's spilling it over though into into tech. So Satya yeah. Nadella announces that they're yeah. they're going to allocate a half a billion dollars to try and help um, with housing affordability and donate a bunch of money to uh, homeless causes in the Seattle area. And again, we have. Mm-hmm. Another company kind of, I think, put yeah. pressing on the soft tissue of Amazon, who yeah. fought the tax in Seattle such that that was going to help fund some low-income housing. But these guys, essentially, they're kind of pulling out, they're battling with their conscience. You know, they're saying, yeah. we're the good guys. There was the, the Facebook with the $300 million. I didn't think that was very much money at all, actually. I was like, you weren't impressed with I, that. I, yeah. I, like, I like $500 million Microsoft, but I like a billion. Like, I want everyone to start with a billion, and then we can go up from there. That's my feeling. Um, they, I think it's great that Satya did this. I, I think it's. I'm not sure what I think of the Facebook thing yet, because I'm not sure what they're up to. Um, and it seems like there's a lot. It's very hooky into Facebook. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I I would like them. You know, I have an expression: "You're so poor, all you have is money." Um, and uh, and I I think it's uh, it, it's a, it's a, we'll talk later about the column I wrote about Alexandria Ocasio, but she's managed to get people to start talking about this issue of the really rich people grabbing for everything um, that I think is is really catching fire, and I think in a way she's doing it in exactly the right way. Speaking ahead, of really rich people, right. so I'm headed yeah. to the conference. I think we're actually yes. and I met. I'm headed to DLD yeah. in Munich, and I'm yeah. You're going doing, to Davos after that. I, no, I haven't been invited to Davos since I was thirty. I peaked when I was very young, and I oh, got really? invited when I was when I was twenty nine, thirty, and thirty one. And I haven't been invited. I back hate that since. place. I hate that place. It's rich people licking each other up and down. That's in in the frigid cold weather. But go ahead. Or I like the analogy when your guest said that it's a fire safety convention that just invites a bunch a bunch of arsonists. Hey, everybody, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's to solve the world's problems. Let's get all the people who have fucked it up together in one place in the mountains. Um, it's funny. But yeah. anyway, so I'm I'm doing the keynote on Monday. I, I recognize mm-hmm. I'm boasting, and you know who's doing it on Sunday? Who is Cheryl Sandberg? Oh, will you sit in the front row for me and videotape that, please? <laughs> and the theme of the conference is optimism and courage. So I'm titling my talk, Pessimism and Cowardice. What do you think? Ah, I what love do you it. Think? Oh, good, good. Yeah. I need you to go to the Cheryl Sandberg. I want you to, I want to hear about it. I want your thoughts. I want to talk about it next week. All right. You have to do that. Um, it'll be interesting. She's been getting out a lot more. I've been hearing she's, she was uh, at CES, I think. And uh, so it's interesting. Um, but before we finish this section, William Barr, you wanted to talk about yeah. it because, because uh, uh, of, because not because of the whole Mueller thing, because he talked about that a lot and he was yeah. trying to seem like he wasn't crazy. That, that seemed to be, I am not crazy and I will be strong. Yeah kind of thing, although who knows who knows with these people. Um, but talk about uh, why you think this is important. Well, we thought that, uh, so everyone was sort of expecting a lot of questions around protecting Mueller. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. essentially said, yeah, I, I think this investigation should come to its 
you know, should be protected and should should kind of go where it goes. So the 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 thing that came out of it that was sort of unexpected was that three senators, Republican senators, all brought up the issue and asked for his viewpoint on whether tech had gotten too big and that the concentration of power was um, detrimental to competition mm-hmm. and privacy. And his viewpoint was clearly that this is something that warrants additional scrutiny most likely mm-hmm. from the FTC, and everyone's been talking about the DOJ. And the FTC, in some ways, for reasons I don't entirely understand, might have more teeth around doing something here expeditiously. So just going back to another prediction, in addition to kind of woke as a business strategy, we talked about that 2019 might actually be the year that the breakup of a big tech happens. And it looks mm-hmm. like the attorney mm-hmm. general is kind of mm-hmm. on board with that. And this might be a rare bipartisan issue because yeah let's let's listen let's listen to newbie senator josh holly from uh, uh missouri he is the former uh ag of missouri and he beat out claire mccaskill uh, let me ask you more broadly about the question of uh, antitrust and mergers and you you gestured towards this earlier in your testimony uh, I'm increasingly worried that the department uh, is is not enforcing vigorously the antitrust uh, statutes uh, in many sectors of the economy, not just technology. We see, again, as you've alluded to, we see growing concentration of power uh, in, in various sectors held by just a few firms. And if you look at recent trends in the department's scrutiny of proposed mergers, it's at record lows. Last year, for instance, the Department of Justice Antitrust Division scrutinized mergers through second requests for information in less than 1% of all eligible cases. That is, I believe, the lowest level of merger scrutiny recorded since the FTC started tracking those statistics back in 1981. And just for comparison purposes, in 1981, that review was five times higher than it was in 2018. My question is, do you think that this record low level of merger scrutiny is appropriate? And if you're confirmed as attorney general, what might you do uh, to ensure that the antitrust division uh, faithfully and vigorously enforces the law? Well, I, I, I am for vigorous enforcement of the antitrust laws to preserve competition. And uh, as I said, this is going to be an area I'm going to want to get into. Okay, what he's saying, that he, he, he's going to push very hard on this. He, this was one of his topics for sure. Um, and you think the AG will be with them and Democrats too. Democrats for sure. You know, you have Cory Booker and others. Um, sort of interested in this. Yeah, they're angry for different reasons. So the the Democrats believe that, um, you know, these guys uh, basically were uh, helped manipulate the elections to an outcome they didn't like in 16. And uh, But I've always felt that actually the, the people who are really going to go gangster on big tech are these red state senators who have seen their, their few ad agencies, their corner store, uh, their, their newspapers, their media companies have really Get gotten hollowed hurt. out. Well, yeah. if, if you think about this, these companies have an incredible vessels of the transfer of wealth from the rest of the world to the U.S. and then from the middle of the U.S. to the coasts. So mm-hmm. Kansas and Mississippi and Iowa, you know, big tech hasn't done much for them. I mean, granted, yep. they can do their searches in 0.055 seconds, but in terms of actual mm-hmm. economic growth and what it's done for the state and employment and the tax base, it's probably net-net negative. Yeah. Yeah, although really, is that their job? They should think of something. I'm sorry, that's not really. You think their job. so? Yeah, like think of you. Take Kansas, figure it out yourself. Like, <laughs> come on, can do right, can do Kansas or whatever. 
or can, Oklahoma. Can do okay, Kansas. Oklahoma. Okay, okay, Oklahoma. Make oh, something. Yeah, can do Kansas. Yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm now I'll get all these messages from Kansas. And I don't care. Make something if you want to. Don't stop complaining. Make something. Anyway, we're gonna take a short break. When we get back, talk wins and fails and hamburgers. Support for this show comes from Indeed. Imagine the perfect employee. Let's call her Jackie. Jackie is professional yet relaxed, punctual, friendly, meets deadlines, and just makes your job easier overall. But the search for Jackie can be long and tedious, especially when you have so many other things on your plate. Indeed wants to help you find your next Jackie. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. They leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. So their matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. That means they can better connect you with your Jackie. And listeners of this show can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and say you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Startups, you don't need to settle for a cumbersome banking experience to protect your money. Mercury offers banking and credit cards with effortless experience, giving ambitious companies greater precision, control, and focus without compromising security. Open smarter checking and savings accounts, control spend, optimize cash flow, and close the books in record time. Visit Mercury.com to join more than 100,000 startups that trust Mercury with their finances and to help them perform at their highest level. Back to our show, Hamburgers. There's so many things to talk about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give uh, a, 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 you, there's so many fails. There's Hamburgers, which was the Trump thing he tweeted. Um, this is the new shutdown cuisine. There's the shutdown. There's uh, Iowa Representative Stephen King for being the horrible racist uh, that took uh, so long to be uh, chastised for this. Um, and he's the one also in the uh, in the hear- one of the hearings he did with uh, such a, with uh, Sundar Pichai. He didn't know who makes the iPhone, um, but I think I'm going to do a win uh, mm-hmm. this week. Uh, I'm going to do Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, who gets a lot of attention, obviously. But I wrote a column about how she's really uh, owning own extremely online. I said she was extremely online, and she is really causing cre- creating creating controlling and pushing forward narratives that she's interested in, including uh, uh, pay inequity and uh, income inequity um, on all kinds of things. And she manages to shut down her critics, the right wing. They just, yeah. they cannot stop her. And she's, she's. it's a really interesting way. She, she actually, She's never aggrieved. She's just very funny and very strong-minded and also serious. And one of my favorites was when Joe, uh, from her own side of the aisle, Joe Lieberman, Lieberman who's yeah. sort of a a conservative senator, but he said she wasn't the future. This is a, I don't know how old he is, but he's been around the block for lots of blocks uh, for many years. Um, and he said she wasn't the future of the Democratic Party. And she 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 tweeted back at it. She tweeted back at the story. And she goes, yeah. we had new, new Congress, who dis? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she's she's outstanding. What is it about her Twitter? Thoughts? I heard I heard she's she was excellent. giving lessons to her mm-hmm. colleagues on how to use Twitter. You can't and- you can't give lessons in this. You know, I, I compared her to Trump. Trump is a very Trump. I think is very effective. But and she's unafraid. She's not she's not interested in party hierarchy. You can tell mm-hmm. you, you you can imagine Pelosi and Schumer or whoever it is sit her down and say or or Stanley Horner say this is how we get things done. Your time will come. Play ball. And she's just not having any of it. No, but she's she. Everybody is talking about income, and and by the way, they agree with her, and the way she's explaining yeah. it, she's doing something. She's she like you were going to talk like it is like you know Kennedy in television. and television. Like yeah. it's what? How yeah. do you look at that? Like she knows how to. There's something different in how she's using it compared to everybody else. I think. Well, typically these seminal leaders have always figured out a way uh, to master a new medium. And, uh, you know, some, uh, unfortunately, some, some very damaging leaders in the, mm-hmm. the middle of the 20th century were really good with radio. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kennedy and TV, we talked about this. Uh, some people have mastered the in-person medium, but she is definitely somebody who's kind of on a rocket ship. I mean, what does she, what does she care? She's 29? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's just it's, the it, performance is. It, I mean, and, and she also messes up in a really good way. I just, it's a really interesting. I think you know everyone's sort of waiting for the fall, like this is going to fall. But I don't know. She's. I just the the the. I find the Twitter, just the Twitter performance is so flawless. It's like she lands it with a ten. She sticks it. Yeah, I think, she's fantastic. It's going to be yeah. very. And you're watching the next six months. Or My next kid six loves months? her. Who's voting yeah. in the next election? He was like, "She's amazing. She's a, like it, he was. He, he's never been excited about a politician. Trust me. Although I, I do think Nancy Pelosi is doing great too. Is she's this the great. one that likes the Gillette ad or the one that thought? Yes, the one who likes the Gillette yeah. ad. Yeah. Um, but she also, you know, but Nancy Pelosi's also not doing bad herself. Her, she's had her a great. Little, her little she's had asides. A great yeah. Uh, all her sides and then not disinviting him and stuff. I think she's she, yeah, she's doing a good job, too. The ladies are in charge. Scott, what are your wins and fails? Uh, so, actually, I agree with you. I think, I think uh, Pelosi has really kind of, I don't know, reinvigorated or uh, burnished her reputation as a real leader. I think she comes out of this looking good. I think the Democratic Party... You know, we're great at sort of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, and it feels as if we're on the shutdown that it has squarely landed on the president's desk. Mm -hmm. And as much as you hate to see it, uh, what's going on, I do think that it's every day, I just think it gets a little bit worse for the president and the Republicans. Oh, Giuliani. What happened with Giuliani? (laughs) Maybe there was collusion. Wait, no collusion, no collusion. All right, maybe a little collusion (laughs) off to the left. Tiny bit. There was (laughs) collusion. There was collusion, but no jean. You know how that mold is, that collusion is. It just gets in and you just can't get it out. Yeah. What was he said? He said, I never said the campaign didn't collude. No, but they did. (laughs) But they did. Like, it's just astonishing. They don't think we, like, have tape. It's just the weirdest thing. It's, it's, anyway, what else do you you think is a win or a fail? Uh, So I'm trying to think, what what else did we have? Oh, fail or predictions. Government shutdown, the everything. There's a lot going on. I'm I'm trying to bring this back to big tech. I don't know if you saw. I think that, and this is both a... a, 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 Snapchat? A lose and um, a prediction for 2019. Uh, It ends up that the CEO of WeWork has uh, investment interests and properties that uh, they've been leasing um, or that WeWork has been leasing from. And (laughs) as long as it was disclosed and as investors knew about it, it's fine. But my prediction is 19 is going to be a very bad year for WeWork. Oh, interesting. And Tell if you why. saw what happened with um, the limiteds of SoftBank, including some of the Middle Eastern sovereign funds who actually stepped in and blocked 
this massive investment that uh, SoftBank was about to make in WeWork, when your limited partners step in and actually block mm-hmm. an investment, it, say to the general partnership, the guys allocating the capital, yeah. no, we're not comfortable with this. That is pretty extraordinary. You don't see yeah. that a lot. And if oh, you look at the if you look at the economics of WeWork, valuation of forty eight billion dollars, and yet Regis kind of a similar but lamer potted plants, bad cherry mm-hmm. wood version of WeWork mm-hmm. has twice as many desks, but mm-hmm. trades at one sixteenth the value. And mm-hmm. while WeWork's created a great brand and incredible That's they culture, don't have, they don't have kombucha on tap. Yeah, they don't have they don't have pale ale. No, they pale ale uh, or whatever. But it's if you look at WeWork, WeWork is now by a lot of analyses, if the floor they own in a large building is technically worth more than the building itself that it leases that floor from. Yeah. And it's hard to see what kind of network effects yeah, or not technology. Too good to be. Yeah, it just doesn't it, it I think WeWork is gonna be in the news for all the wrong reasons in two thousand and uh and two thousand and nineteen. Okay. What about Snap given the changes. I was oh, in the Snapchat. Uh, uh, I was at Snapchat on uh, yes two days ago, two nights. Do you ago. know the CFO there? Do you know? Do you have any backstory there? I but, do not. I need to find out. I do need to find out. They did. They did add some really good people. Um, also, like Julie Henderson from uh, Fox, who I have great regard for. Um, it's. It, it's. I don't know. I'm not clear what's going on. There's definitely. I mean, I de- they're definitely having a hard time competing. Um, with with what was a very innovative product, and again, my kid still uses it, and I, both of them do. Um, but it's a, it's it's just hard. I think it's a really hard go, and the, this this uh, management, the inability of of Evan to keep this management team together is is something you definitely have to look at. So uh, th- this is a broader topic, but um, I want to talk a little bit about isms, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. w- whenever there's a movement or there's a polemic that we discuss in our society, I oftentimes think it's it's a it's too late. So in the mm-hmm. '70s and '80s, we talked a lot about um, how people of color, specifically African Americans, had mm-hmm. a much more difficult time in the workplace, and that was a worthwhile discussion. But I always mm-hmm. felt, as the son of a single mother who could either be a travel agent or a secretary, that was literally the choices for a woman in the 70s, that it was really that the, 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 the cohort that was most discriminated against was in fact women. And since then, women with college educations have actually closed the gap. It's women with children that are still having a tough time in the workplace that the corporate America just hasn't figured out a role for them. But I would argue the next cohort that's gonna get more attention and what mm-hmm. actually doesn't get enough attention now is um, ageism, especially in tech. And I think it's mm-hmm. going to become a big issue in 2019. I think if you walk into a conference room or a meeting at a technology firm and you're over the age of 45 and you're not a billionaire, you're kind of seen as a loser. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a pretty big... Wait, that's, well, that's richism, but go ahead. Well, you know what I'm saying. I, I think that if, yeah. if you're not, if you haven't really killed it by the time you're 40 or 45 in tech, mm-hmm. I think there's an, uh, there's an inherent assumption that you're just not very good at what you do. And I think these cultures are pretty ageist. And I think that's going to start getting more attention. That'll be, there's some laws, there's lawsuits, there's been lawsuits and things like that. You know, someone who talks about this a lot is Dan Lyons, who has a new book out. Um, we, about He did it in his last book, talking about ageism and things like that. But I agree, it's a really interesting uh, issue. Uh, I having, being a really old person, although I, I don't suffer from that because uh, I'm better than they are. <laughs> but um, um, <laughs> it's true, well, that, though. That was easy. Come on, it's not even hard. Um, but, but tying this back to Evan and even Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. I think something else that's going to get a lot of scrutiny is that these two are class shareholder stocks, yeah. these two class shareholder stocks protect um, these managers. So I, I believe the reason Shell Sandberg hasn't been fired is because they can't fire, they don't think they can fire. 
Mark Zuckerberg because of this two-class shareholder system. Snap has the same two-class shareholder system. You have a young man who's already a billionaire. And if it wasn't a two-class shareholder um, company, I think they probably would have done something. I think they probably would have sold by now. And this is a problem with two-class shareholder stocks is right now he doesn't really need to be a fiduciary for other shareholders. He's banked his billion bucks. He's off to the races. He ha- thinks he has a viewpoint or a vision, which he has been totally unable to articulate what it is exactly they're going to do here. Mm-hmm. You know, the redesign didn't work. They're getting killed. Well, he had a very good vision initially, right? It's a really fresh vision. Everyone stole it. Like, Oh, sure. It's it, a great company. And I find, I have to say, of a lot of the people I talk to, I really yep. enjoy talking to him because I always have a really, um, he's an, he's a, I would visionary is a good word. He actually, you're always like, oh, I didn't thought of it that way. But you're right. It's the execution. It, visionary vision can only get you so far, and so that's what he that is, he really has the issues with around PR. Not just every every part of it is uh, is problematic. Has been problematic for them. But the CFO uh, leaving it kind mm-hmm. of punctures another prediction we had um, a few months ago, where I thought that Amazon was a likely acquirer because the CFO mm-hmm. was a 20 year veteran of Amazon. Yeah. And the fact that someone who was at Amazon for 20 years, you could hardly describe this person as a flake or someone who mm-hmm. just kind of goes off half-cocked, leaves mm-hmm. Snap after six months, yeah. is a very negative forward-looking indicator. Because this is the individual. I always see the CFO in any company as the source yeah. of truth. If I'm ever oh, yeah. in a board meeting and I hear talk and I don't know what's going on, I sequester the CFO for 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Right, what, right. And, the, and they, they basically— you know, they take the entire board meeting and they put Wonder Woman's golden lasso on it and they say, this is the truth. This is what's going on. And when the person right. who knows the truth, after six months, it snapped, besides months, I'm out of here. I'm sorry, eight months. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's more, you know, kind of trouble, trouble in Mudville. Yeah, definitely. I will look into it. If you will go see Sheryl Sandberg in Germany, uh, in Munich, um, I will go find out about this. You know what I'm doing before that, Kara? You're in Paris. Don't. Okay, okay, I'm in Paris. Hold what? on, hold on. No, this is this You're is going the, to have snails on the Seine. What? This is the worst flex in the world. I'm meeting a buddy of mine, and we decided to go to Vienna, and we're seeing those dancing horses. So the this lip, is how old lip, and pathetic lip, I am. Yeah, whatever, the lip and lip sogs. Pop, yeah, whatever. Dancing horses. Sogs. Lip. Lip and sides. Lip and something. Ten years ago, last time we got together, he and I went to Stockholm. We went to some rave, and I tried experimental drugs. Oh now God, we go see dancing horses. We might as well go to Denny's and get the Grand Slam special and Aren't go home. Aren't that like the river dance of like Seriously. Austria? Isn't that like, like first? I need to, first. We need to sterilize our catheters. Isn't that like and go going home to like Guy Fieri's Broadway, whatever? That's you're going to see horses dance. All right, we're going to see horses. Dance. I don't know how we ended up there. How did I get oh, so old? God. How did I get so old, Kara? I'd go looking for alt right people in Austria. <laughs> like, they're all over the place again. Where's the to be family a hot town. von Trapp? The Von Trapp family singers. The family Mm. Von Trapp. Remember that scene? (laughs) Wow. You sound very relaxed. I am. You sound very very chill. Hakuna Matata, baby, or whatever. What is Nice. I was in the town Lilo and Stitch was set in. Lovely. Hana Peepi or something like that. It was great. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, I'm here in D.C. for a long, long time for the freezing cold weather uh, for the next couple of weeks. So we'll be talking from here. So I will go around and see how badly the government is shut down. I'm going to see a senator very soon. I'm going to get in a, on the metro right now and go visit Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado. I uh, love Senator Bennett. Do you? Just yeah, close I met with him. Pass. I'm finally, I can finally flex back. I met with Senator okay. Bennett uh, about six weeks ago to talk about antitrust. Well, good. And you know what he asked me? What? He said to me, he said, give me 10 ideas to restore the middle class. 
Oh, all right. He's like, well, right there. He's like, give me 10 ideas to restore the middle class. This guy. All right. Talk about, talk about the kind of guy you want as an elected official. You know what he did before? He was a superintendent well, of schools. Well, I can. I am so excited. He reached out to me and said, yeah. can we meet? So he, he, he's making the rounds, I guess, of smart people. He's a very decent man. Yeah. yeah. He, I was really, all right. I walked I'm away. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. You, I'm, I'm meeting all the politicians. That's my. I'm going to do that in the next few weeks. I'm going to meet all the politicians. And then to this afternoon, I'm going to be doing a podcast with the CEO of Land Lakes, Beth Ford. She is the. Uh, she's openly. She's a lesbian. Very open. And she's running this thing. And she was the. They were the first P company. One of the companies to push back on King. Um, and take away his money and stuff. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the technology beyond agriculture technology. It should be interesting. There's all kinds. And we're reaching out to the real people, Scott, aren't we? We're not yeah, we're senators. keeping it real. We're yeah, keeping it we're real the... in Paris and D.C. <laughs> yeah, all right. Go right. enjoy Paris, the city of lights. Yeah, Thanks very much, It's one of my Vera. favorite places. Next week, we'll talk about all kinds of things. I want. I would need some stories from there and stuff that was talked to at DLD and stuff like that. I'm excited to hear uh, uh, what, what went on there and what the big topics were. Anyway, uh, enjoy yourself. Rebecca Sinanis produces this show. Nishat Kurwa is Vox Media's executive producer of audio. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for more of a breakdown of all things tech and business. And welcome back, Scott. I did not leave you for John Lovett. It was just a short affair. Um, and I know you saw someone too. <laughs> if you like what you've heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening.